gorgeous and welcome to the e-commerce uncomplicated podcast the place to be if you want to see your online brand absolutely thrive i'm lisa jones e-com expert multi-million dollar brand founder and mum. i now spend my days helping women all around the world to grow their brands the e-commerce uncomplicated podcast breaks down all the aspects of running a successful business into simple actionable steps delivered in easy to follow bite-sized chunks. If you're thinking of starting your own product brand or you already have a brand that's growing, then you are in the right place, my love. Let's get started. This is e-commerce uncomplicated. Hey, gorgeous ones, and welcome to another episode. Today, I want to dive deeply into the topic of your product idea to see if it will work. So I have clients that come to me all the time. They've either got a concept and they've never sold in e-commerce before, so it's like a startup, or it actually often happens where you already have an existing e-commerce brand and you want to bring a new product range out. Perhaps it's an addition and perhaps even a pivot from where you've previously been. It might be a new market. It might be quite different from what you've done in the past. It could even be a completely different e-com brand, but you might not even be a startup. So whether you are at the startup end of this conversation or whether you simply want to add another product to your range, then this podcast will have value for you because today I'm going to talk all about how to get proof of concept. And it's absolutely a fundamentally important podcast to listen to because I come across women all the time who are struggling to get sales and they've invested in websites, they have a whole garage full of product, and they don't know why it's not selling. Often it looks like sluggish sales. It might be that they're not getting good reviews. It could be that they've solved their own problem with a product, but they haven't actually checked if the market actually wants what they think that the market wants, right? So this is all about proof of concept and making sure that there is enough people out there to pay you money for the product that you want to bring to market. So today I'm going to talk about three core areas that you can focus on to double check a product before you invest heavily in it because I don't want you to waste your money and I'm sure you don't want to waste it either. Before we go into the three ways, I just want to share a little of my story. So some of you probably know that I had a nappy brand and this is diapers in the US or from wherever you are in the world, if you're joining me, either a diaper or a nappy, but they're kind of, you know, the thing we put on babies when they poop or wee. And I created a nappy brand, but it wasn't just any nappy brand. It was an eco nappy brand because 11 years ago, I had a baby and I wanted to use something a little bit more sustainable and eco on my darling little girl. But what I found in the marketplace was that there was a few really expensive eco options, but they weren't that eco. They were kind of what I might call eco wash. They were kind of vaguely eco and like three times the price. So only the really wealthy would buy them. And I was like, well, what happens to the rest of us that want to be able to have a better option and can't afford those big price points? So I kind of had a really clear idea of what we could create or what I wanted to create here, which was an eco diaper or nappy, but that was actually affordable. So at the same price point as conventional nappies. Now, that's a really great idea in concept, but how did I know whether other women wanted the same thing? And not just women, but men, women, grandparents, because 
Nappies are purchased by lots of members of the same family, so it couldn't be just women. I had to make sure that there were people out there in the world that were prepared to pay for this product that I wanted to make. On top of that, I needed to make sure it was the right color, the right fit, the right feel, the right price point, the right packaging, the right look. Should it have been like an eco, earthy looking package or did it need to be poppy and bright? Like where did my product fit into the marketplace? And so I want to share with you today a bunch of the ways that I solved my own problem by checking the proof of concept before I invested my life savings into that brand. And for me, that constituted a stack of research. I went to five baby expos around Australia and my business partner, who is my ex-husband and I, we exhibited by taking out a small stand. We had to invest to do this kind of research. And sure, today I might do it slightly differently because we have more technology available to us than we did 11 years ago. But we literally spent money to exhibit at baby expos to talk to our target audience. We actually gathered over a 12-month period 32,000 names of parents who were about to be parents or had small babies. We did this by running a competition on our expo stand for a year's worth of our nappies that we hadn't finished developing yet. It was kind of clever, right? So we said to everyone, come and talk to us about nappies. We had some nappies at the stand they could touch and feel. So we got to pick their brains pretty significantly. Hey, does this feel right to you? What color would you like it to be? What would you pay for this? And on top of that, we said, do you want to join our giveaway? We're giving away a year's worth of our nappies. By you filling in your name, email, and phone number on here, we'll put you in the draw. So over five baby expos, we gathered 32,000 prospective clients in our database, which is pretty wicked marketing if you ask me. It also meant that we actually were able to sell to that database of 32,000 people before we even had product in Australia. Now, to give you an idea what that meant to us, before we'd even launched and paid for our first container of nappies to arrive, we had sold $100,000 worth of those nappies to this database. So we had not only spoken to our audience for what they wanted the nappy to look like and would they be prepared to pay for it, we had actually already gathered a database of people prepared to buy our nappies and we actually had sold $100,000 worth of nappies. So in terms of being able to prove a concept, well, it was like tick, tick and tick. We knew that people wanted to pay for them because they were paying for them. We knew that they wanted our nappies because we had already sampled 32,000 parents and they were in like Flynn. And we already had funded the cash flow to be able to pay for the first container of nappies. So our investment was quite low. Now, yes, that was very clever marketing and I still give myself a massive pat on the back for being able to pull that one off. But what I want to teach you in this is how to prove the concept because one of the major things you need to do before you invest your life savings into an idea is check, does everybody else think it's a good idea as well as you? Because you are not your client. And I want to just pause for a moment to make sure you captured this massive gold nugget of a tip. You, my love, you are not your client or your customer. You are you, and you might have an idea of something that's amazing, but that doesn't mean that everybody else out there that could be your potential paying customers agree that it's a good idea. And this is where I see so many women come unstuck, where they launch headfirst into an idea for a product, assuming that everybody else is going to think it's a great idea. And then they spend all this money on an expensive website. They have a garage full of product and it's crickets. Nobody else agrees. 
So please don't do that. Use this podcast today to get really clear on ways that you can check the latent demand and desire of your ideal avatar audience before you invest a cent into your new product idea. And again, this doesn't matter whether you're a startup or whether you already have an existing e-com brand and you want to launch a slight deviation from your existing range into a new market or a new product type, this comes in handy over and over and over again whenever you do anything in e-commerce. So here's a couple of things I want you to consider doing as a form of research to make sure that there is enough demand for your product. And the very first one is to poll your potential audience. That looks like talking to prospective customers. It means sampling some products and then going and standing in a shopping center or sending some out to friends and family or asking on a Facebook group, would you guys like to give me some feedback, run a poll, ask them if they would do a short survey, ask if you can find 10 women who will actually get a physical post office delivery from you of a sample product that they will fill in a form or an online survey to give you feedback about that product. This absolutely means that you get uncomfortable and you do your research before you hit go on the manufacturing run of a new product. And it isn't just, would they buy this? It's, do they want it to look like this? What are they prepared to pay for it? Where would they buy it? Do they want it in a shop? Will they buy it online? Will they buy it once? Do they need it to be a subscription? Do they want to buy one? Do they want to buy five? What do they want the packaging to look like? What was their pain point that caused them to say yes to doing the poll for you? Like, I mean, there is an endless number of things you could ask this audience, but of course, keep it respectful and keep it to the point sharp and punchy, but get your feedback. And I'm going to tell you, this is going to feel uncomfortable. And I know because I have hundreds of clients and they tell me, oh, Lisa, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get uncomfortable. I don't want to ask people. And so I would say, make yourself uncomfortable. Before you give away your life savings, test and tweak and measure. Do other people think this is a good idea as well as you, as well as your mum and your best friend who are not unbiased, my loves. They are going to tell you what you want to hear. Or not because, well, sometimes our mums and friends can be contrary. But anyway, we want to make sure there is enough latent demand for your product that when you do launch it, you actually have success in selling it. Because believe it or not, with a couple of hundred clients and a few brands of my own under my belt, there is something really important that I need to share with you. And that is that I can see a lot of women working really hard and some women don't sell a lot and some women sell a lot. And sometimes they're both working as hard as each other. It isn't that the one not selling a lot is being lazy. I would have to honestly tell you that sometimes it's as simple as one has been smarter about what product they're selling, that they don't have a lot of competition and that there is a lot of demand for that product at that price point. And the other one is selling into a saturated market, a product that isn't very clearly defined, maybe doesn't look that great and isn't priced very well. It doesn't mean that one isn't working as hard as the other. So please be clever about this. Make sure you find a product that people actually want that is beneficial to the planet, that solves someone's pain point and does it gracefully and at a price point they want to pay. Now, once you've researched and polled your audience and you're a lot clearer about 
why you're bringing this product to life, I want you to build out a couple of avatars. And I know this might sound a little boring, a little like polling your customers, but you have to trust me on this. I want you to build out three different avatars. And this is kind of like pretend customers, if you like. These might be women and one might be called Sally and you want to know where she lives, what she does for a living, what her pain points are, what keeps her awake at night, what she's prepared to spend and what she's looking for in a product. And the reason you do this, darlings, is that you need to know how to sell to them. You need to know what are their pain points and the words they're looking for that are going to capture their attention and make them hit buy now. And this is super important. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to really deeply scope out your competition. You want to know in this space, who is your competition? What are they selling? How are they selling it? Where are they selling it? For what price are they selling it? Now, if you can't find a lot of competition, that's actually an alarm bell. That's not actually a good thing. You want there to be a few other people already in this space because otherwise, if you face yourself into a situation where you can't really find any competition and you're like, awesome, first to market. Well, let me tell you, first to market's actually hard bloody work. Think of the V formation with ducks, where one duck is way out at the front and he is the first to form the V with the ducks. Guess who does the most work in that V? It's actually the duck at the front because he's out against all of this resistance, right? You don't want to be first to market because you're having to educate, right? So what we want you to do is actually have a little bit of competition already there. That means that people are already educated about the type of category or product that you're trying to sell. What we don't want is shit ton of competition. Now that is skincare, candles, baby goods. It doesn't mean you shouldn't sell in those space. Sure, if you're really passionate about a product and you want to bring it to life, fantastic. But it means that you have a little bit more hard work because finding a way to delineate what you do differently, to carve a niche and to be different, to position yourself as authentic and different in a really competitive saturated market is harder work. So ideally when you're stalking your competition, there's a little competition, but not a heap right? So this is a super important thing to get clear on and document all of this. Create Word documents where you list out who your competition is, stalk them, follow them on socials, buy from them, you know, sign up to their email list and make sure you start to capture the way they talk to their brand, how often they talk to their clients. You know, you want to know everything they do about selling the type of product they're selling to their audience so you can allow that to inspire you when it's time for you to do the same. Now, the last thing I want to talk about to you on today's podcast is the risk factor in getting this product to market. And believe it or not, this is also actually a really important topic because I often see that in order to bring a product to life, women have to spend a lot of money to do so. They might have to manufacture an entire container. Their MOQ might be really high. That's minimum order quantity if you're new to e-commerce. You don't want to have to dive into the pool head first when you launch a new product. You want to really simply dip your toe in the water. That means that you can purchase a really small amount of that product in order for you to be able to test the market, to make sure there's enough demand out there for your product before you risk your entire life savings into launching this product. And I see this a lot. I see women who've put $100,000, $200,000 into an idea, and then they end up shitting kittens, if you like, where they're awake at night, 
not able to sleep because they've invested so much into this product that it becomes a monkey around their neck where they have to make the brand work in order to pay back their savings and it becomes stressful. And I don't want that for you. I want for you to dip your toe in the water to test for flow before you invest your life savings. So think about how can I invest only a little? How can I run a short order? Which manufacturer can I work with where I can simply buy a simple amount of this product, even if it isn't your ideal forever product, simply to test, can I sell this? And I also want for you not to invest your entire life savings in an entire branding, marketing, you know, expensive setup before you've tested if it works. That is contrary a little to some of the things I say because I teach people that you must have a really amazing looking brand to sell, but that's once you've already proven the concept of a product. Initially, I need you to have simple marketing. And really, it's about being strategic at this point, having a really good mentor like me on your side where you test and measure this product before you invest your life savings into it. Get really clever with your marketing. Have clever social media reels. Have a really simple but effective website where you're able to sell a small amount of product to make sure there's a latent demand for it before you spend a lot of money. I hope that today on this podcast, I've been able to help some of you with some strategies that you can invest in order to be able to check if your product idea will work before you spend everything that you've got. And I really hope that that's given you a whole bunch of ideas that you can go away and work on today. I wish you an amazing week ahead. Wherever you are in the world, I am sending you massive hugs and a big squidgy kiss for your week ahead. Have an awesome week, darlings. Bye. Bye.